0: Wellington, you are listening to Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, this is Perrine, I'm here with, with Trish, <laughs> here we go, I'll move that closer to you, um, today in the studio we are having a celebration of the Wellington Spring by talking about some of the wonderful things you can do in the Wellington Spring um, and we have for the second, for the first half of the show, we have Esther King talking to us about her foraging life. Um, but Trish, do you want to tell us what we've got happening in the second half?
1: So, the second half of the show we have um, Sarah Connor who set up a group, um, a menopause support group called uh, Menopause Over Martinis, a few years ago, and we also have Leah Murphy um, from Frogs on Bikes, and they've. Got a little collaboration going on, and we're going to talk a lot about that and about menopause.
0: All right, sounds like we've got a lot to um, a lot of interesting <laughs> topics to discuss in less than an hour. So um, let's crack into the first interview. Welcome to the show, Esther.
1: Hello, it's lovely
0: to be here. Um, and so you are an shall we say an amateur forager definitely and how are you self taught uh, not not really
1: um i've done maybe 3 foraging courses uh since i started about 3 years ago um foraging so so you kind of um heavily internet taught as well i guess yeah but, like um,
0: everything these yes. days yeah um, okay, so about three years ago you got serious about this, but I imagine probably earlier in life you were a forager too?
1: Yeah, I, I was um, thinking about this. I thought, you know, my um, my dad used to collect things, um, but mostly firewood and blackberries. And when I was a kid, that was wildly embarrassing to be the one with the dad walking down the street with firewood on his shoulder. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and then I, I would say I didn't collect anything for a very long time, um, and it was when I had my own kid that um, that we started going picking, uh, you know, blueberry picking just up in Powatahanui and apple picking, and strawberry picking, you know, paid pay for pick. Yeah. Um. And and suddenly um, the kid wanted to pick everything everywhere, yeah. And um, so he really kind of led the way, okay, into foraging, and then. Um, and then I did the first course, which was with a, a, a wonderful a Wellingtonian, Joanna Knox, who wrote the Foragers Treasury. Yes. And I was very mm. fortunate that we actually, um, we hosted a couple of foraging courses out of my house. Um, and so we went up on Ahumairangi and um, and I remember being absolutely like eyes wide open that suddenly Ahumairangi transformed into a supermarket. Um, and we got back to the house with all of these things, all of these Um, leaves and you know, flowers and everything in these bags and we laid them out and she wrote out these little um, name tags for them and I remember looking at it thinking there's no way I'm ever going to know any of this like it was overwhelming what what you could collect and what there was Um, and I mean she's, she's, you know, I would say that I'm still, like even from that first day I'm probably, I probably know now 20 or 30% of what we collected or what you could collect um, on any given day on a humairangi.
0: Mm. Yeah. So what were the first... Did you kind of learn a few kind of easy ones to start with? And Yeah,
1: I mean, I think there? everybody gets their own kind of repertoire. Um, and you get the things that work for you. So, and ultimately what really works for me is the stuff that's in my garden. My garden's have just become a complete weed jungle. Um, so... Uh, you know, we we started with the tips of um, pine trees. You know, the the needles. It's actually a really good time at the moment. But you can harvest the um, the freshly growing needles. You can harvest older ones too. But um, they make a fan, really good tea. And you just put the needles in boiling water, and um, and you've got a delicious tea.
0: I have heard about this, but I've always found it hard to imagine it being a delicious tea. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's um.
1: What's it? It's slightly floral, um, but but kind of you would put it more in the kind of peppermint camp. But like a kind of a florally
0: yeah.
1: um, pepperminty tea. It doesn't taste like peppermint though. But you would put it along those. Yeah, yeah kind of that cleansing. That cleansing. Yeah. yeah. And what's amazing about it is you can harvest the the tip of the um, of the branch, I guess. So you just need what is that like? Um, 10 centimetres um, and then you can t- chop the top off and it kind of blooms in a cup so it's beautiful as well um, yeah so the tips of pine needles okay um, and we've got a lot of them around wellington i we mean sure do the thing about foraging is that you're generally interested in the weeds um, you're not it, we can't forage off dock of conservation lands so you're always on the council lands and they're very weedy lands, um, mm. but there's so much um, good weed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, um,
0: out there. Yeah, um, and so what kinds of things, like, did the workshops focus on? So it's really interesting because the workshops
1: focus. Um, I've done two where they focused on going out collecting and then on what you actually do with the the stuff that you've collected. So um so a good place to start is always um you know you can start with a pizza and you'd still need a pizza base, but you can have a fully foraged pizza. Oh yeah, talk us through it. Yeah. Well, what would you put on it? Um so I would tend to well you can do this thing with Kawakawa where you can flash fry it and it's delicious. It takes away a lot of the pepperiness, but you're just left with um, lots of yumminess. So you'd fresh, f- flesh fry some kawakawa. you probably put some um, plantain or something on it. Um, you do need, if you don't have a tomato sauce or something, you do need something a little bit saucy going on a pizza. Um, and you could possibly make, make your own saucy stuff. I mean, at the moment, the kawakawa buds are coming in and they're um, they've got this quite semi-sweet, peppery orange um, bud that's usable. Um, so, so you—it is a bit harder to make a sauce. I have to admit, I—I I grow tomatoes, so I use my own tomato sauce.
0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah. you're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, what else would you put? You could—I um, mean, at the moment, there's onion weed out everywhere. Mm, um, and that in the garden. Yep totally usable um this year I'm going to pickle some onion weed bulbs that's Mm.
0: but that doesn't happen
1: until later in the season um uh you could put some fennel shoots on they're coming up at the moment or obviously the seeds when they're about um so you can have a really tasty pizza
0: have you ever tried the seeds of the you know that flower that
1: grows everywhere like the orangey one, it's like little... The nasturtium. On. Nasturtium, yeah, because yeah.
0: I've tasted the buds of it. Yeah.
1: And they're like capers when they're pickled. That's They call them the the poor person's caper or something. Mm. I actually have some pickling at the moment at home from last season, but um, I, I don't know, I didn't... Um, I used a salt brine rather than a vinegar brine. This is the other thing about foraging, is you have to get into like what happens with the next step. So... It's one thing when they're just leafy greens mm. and there's heaps of leafy greens out there um, that can be foraged. And then you get into the kind of, yeah, the nasturtium um, seeds or um, some seaweeds. I mean, things that you've got to dry or pickle or do something with to make them edible. Yeah. yeah. Mushrooms? I only forage mushrooms from my garden. we're really, we have, and they're not that great mushrooms, but we have a um, silver birch and under it grows birch bollet, which is a, it's a a form of porcini, but it's not like, I I think it's a far inferior (laughs) cousin. Um, But yes, I would like to do mushrooms. And I think though with mushrooms, you definitely, you want to have three or four that you know well with absolute certainty. And I wouldn't personally go beyond that as in, amateur yeah.
0: yeah can you tell us a little bit about the kind of um I guess protocols that you follow and yeah maybe rules that you set yourself or that you've learned from the foraging community
1: yeah so um there are I mean obviously so we've it's foraging weeds so it's got to be stuff that isn't of um value to New Zealand conservation um and so, um, so that's one thing. Um, you never want to take more than you can actually eat. Um, and that's partly because it goes rotten in the fridge. You know, it's really, yeah. it's just not that helpful. Yeah. And because um, a lot of foraged foods, so a lot of the foods that you forage will have a similar nutritional profile to the stuff you get in the supermarket, um, but it might not have the same shelf life. Um, and so, yeah, so you, you want to have it fresh you have the luxury of having it very fresh, mm-hmm. so so you do that. Um, I you've got to be a bit careful about where you where you take from. So um, so I mind. I heard from somebody recently that Wellington City Council isn't going to be spraying at all this year, because um, oh, okay. you've always got to be looking out for spray. Yeah. you know if something's sprayed. Um, And so, but I understand that they've just um, said that then, maybe it was just on Ahumarangi that they're not going to spray. I'm not sure. Um, Nobody should, they should still look out for if (laughs) if there's um, sprayed stuff about. Um, But you want to look at the environment. There is, within foraging, there's this rule that they say, which I think is a little bit too generous but they say you know you can you take a third leave a third or you know it's a yeah. third third and third world I can't actually remember what happens to the third third
0: but um the third third is for it to regenerate and grow mm. there isn't it
1: yeah but what's the, the middle
0: one is for someone else to
1: take oh, maybe okay. I think it is yeah well wouldn't they come and take another third well thought, what anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, I have never
0: work out. Exactly. I have
1: never found that I need to take anywhere near a third of yeah. anything. Yeah,
0: maybe it's when you start hitting the porcini mushrooms that that yes. becomes a yes. problem. Yes, when, when you can find them. heavy demand. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and so for s- in terms of safety, so there's I guess the issue of sprays and things, but also the possible of possibility of misidentifying the weeds that you're foraging
1: yeah um i it doesn't take long to learn things well enough um that 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 misidentification is unlikely i i don't have um a great like from some of the foraging courses i've done there are hundreds of species out there almost everything in the weedy world this um is edible in New Zealand there's actually not very much that would make you um, that wouldn't be be good there's a couple of outliers but um, but but most of what we have is edible you um, and so so it's kind of knowing what to do with it um, but I think m- most people kind of develop their repertoire and mm. and go with it you know what 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 it can
0: be used for as well then? Yeah, um, kind of like most people when they go to the shop, they end up kind of buying the same things they always buy, maybe because they know what to do with it. Absolutely. Some yeah. of us may be more adventurous than that, but <laughs> um, I did a course out with
1: um, with a man Peter Langlands who comes up from Christchurch and runs foraging courses in Wellington every now and then. He's because um, it turns out I didn't realise this, but Wellington is as good as
0: it gets for foraging. Basically, okay. it's the yeah. It's just another thing to love about Just Wellington. another thing to love, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and so and it was out on the south coast, which has quite a different variety than Ahumarangi, where I'm more familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, once again, this, so this was after I'd been foraging for a couple of years, and once again my eyes were just wide opened by the extreme variety of um, of things that you can forage. And that um, that particular course included seaweeds, which... There are even more of, mm. and um, so it all gets a little bit kind of overwhelming, and so yeah. you really have to pick your your things. Um, I'm quite fortunate because my um, son is still into foraging, yeah. and so how old is? So he's eight now. Oh yeah, um, okay. and he, um, you know, there's this um, there's one I think it's called a mallow tree, which is the root can be made to you to make the substance. You know, it must have some gelatinous thing yeah. that could to make marshmallows. That's how it um, was named apparently. And it's got these little buds that taste like nuts and they're delicious and, you yeah. know, he runs off and if he sees one, he's he's eating them. And, you know, the leaves apparently can be used like um, the leaves that you wrap food in to cook, like in, in Greek cooking.
0: Mm.
1: Like dolma. Like Yeah. And so there's all these things. So, so you just kind of add one thing at a time and I've been lucky because you know soon after doing that foraging course I went out with him and showed him lots of the stuff and so he he becomes part of um the mission you know yeah
0: (laughs) yeah um favorite or like most delicious thing you've eaten from foraged either from a workshop or that you've foraged um
1: so I have uh they're the secret things, you know. Yeah, go yeah, on. There's this whole secret world. Yeah, them. I won't tell you where they are. Um, so I'm a big elderflower fan, mm-hmm. and um, and there are a few elderflower trees around um, Wellington in the Hutt Valley. Um, so, so yeah, making an elderflower cordial. Um, there are some seaweeds that are um, or shore plants that are particularly good. Um, I mean, cutting is a reasonably good frequently foraged seaweed um mm. which I think is fantastic um and there's one called samphire that I oh uh, yeah right up there yeah yep. um pickled samphire is extremely good um just pickle pickle um the fern fronds yeah. that um they taste very like asparagus um yeah. yeah you only take like one from a plant you would never take um more but they're pretty special so um uh what else is there? I mean, we. Um, oh, this is going to sound a bit weird, but um, we eat dock leaves on a regular basis. Yeah. That. Um, so that's a weed. Oh, you've got to be a little bit careful about dock leaves because it's um, because the tap root goes quite deep. Um, but but if you've got a good source of dock leaves, they're kind of they're a complete spinach alternative and but a little bit lemony. Mm. Um, Yum. Yeah, we eat quite a few of them and we eat a lot of chickweed Yeah um,
0: Yeah And this might go without saying for you But I want to hear what you think anyway Like, more, is it more delicious because you foraged it And kind of, how does that work? Oh, I reckon it has to be Yeah. I mean, to some of my family members,
1: when they come around and I, you know, they've got these endless running jokes about how Easter's feeding them weeds and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because you can make these delicious, like stinging nettle is quite, can be quite delicious. And once it's cooked, it loses its sting. And, you know, you can make a stew and stuff with it. Um, And I think it's delicious. And they're just like looking at it horrified. So, um, (laughs) and then you convert them when they taste it? Sometimes, sometimes they get converted, but they can't quite get over the Do but, you tell them about the medicinal value of it as well, we, too? No, they would, they would fall over if I told them about <laughs> the medicinal value. Um, n- none of them have been willing to eat the mushrooms from my garden. <laughs> so, um, gosh, I've lost track of the question. Oh, it was
0: kind of on whether it's more delicious. Because... Oh, I think so, <laughs> yeah.
1: I think anything that you put the time into... Is more delicious and you, um, you know, when I've made up a batch of cutting or seasoning, I just have it on with butter on toast and I think it's delicious and possibly nobody else would. But, um, you know, then you go to a restaurant like, you know, I I mean, Hillside on Tanakori Road and they specialise in forage um, foods and there's a couple of others around Wellington and I find it delicious there too. So it might be the knowledge that it's foraged as much as that
0: I... Oraged it, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. And so other drivers for you, obviously you enjoy it. It's kind of a family activity. It's the um, the deliciousness. <laughs> um, is it also, yeah, what are your yeah. other drivers? Talk us through that.
1: Um, so there are two other, well, there's three three big drivers. One is about plastic waste. Um, So I definitely went down this path um, partly during a time when I was trying to minimise my plastic consumption. So, you know, next thing I know, we're baking bread and we're doing everything, and then we're foraging, of course. Um, And so so that that just kind of coincided. Um, It also coincided sometimes um, with a period where um, I was trying to spend less. Yeah. Um, And so one... um, forager I spoke to reckoned that you could replace about forty percent of your food shopping with wow. foraging. Yeah. Yeah. So and I was on a, you know, zero food waste. Um I still am. We we try to produce um as little food waste as possible. Um but yeah, and I'd say that I'm about twenty percent of my shopping bills replaced by foraging. That's pretty um, yeah, and like I think it noticeable. wouldn't. It wouldn't take much work to get up to forty percent. You'd have to be doing more pickling and more preserving, yeah, in some way. But certainly, all of our leafy greens are completely replaced. I wouldn't dream of buying them in the supermarket anymore. Yeah, um, I still buy broccoli though. <laughs> 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 Although there are even brassicas out there that um, that that you could forage. You know, that would probably be replaceable. Um, yeah, so and the other thing is just getting out and about. Just the going for a walk aspect of it. Um, There's also uh, most of the people I know who are interested in foraging, so I'll take other people out sometimes and um, I've, you know, done courses with other people um, that they're generally, you
0: know, good value people. (laughs) They like
1: getting out and about as well. And Yeah. um, yeah, so just going for a walk.
0: Yeah and do you participate in any of those kind of online forums for like sharing information identifying things whatever
1: yeah i do um i do keep an eye on a, a facebook foraging page wellington foraging Georgia, yeah. yeah um which does have some interesting posts and there's a um a place up the kapiti coast that posts quite regularly um which i find really helpful she's got all kinds of ideas mm-hmm. um the woman, the community around it's an interesting one, I think, because um because there isn't uh, there's good identification help on there, particularly for mushrooms, mm-hmm. um but and for other things, I think people are keen. Um, but in terms of people are very sensitive about sharing their sources, yeah, for things. So um yeah, so it's yeah. like
0: welcome, you've got to do this. Foraging's great. However. But um,
1: (laughs) don't be taking it from my patch. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I do get, um, uh, there are some posts out there. And when um, early on particularly, because it's a very seasonal thing to do. And I've actually started developing my own, just for my own use, but my own calendar so that I can remember what needs to be thought of at each time of year. Um, And it's quite useful to have those reminders yeah. Of what,
0: okay, what are the people getting? are oh, they're getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us quite nicely because we are nearing the end of our time here and it brings us quite nicely to um, what, if listeners were wanting to go out and have a walk this week or the next couple of weeks, like things that are good and popping off at the moment and also just kind of your general tips for early career foragers?
1: Yeah, so I'd just pick some... some things that are relatively easy to start out with. Um, I would certainly say onion weed is all over the place at the moment, and you can eat every bit of that plant. Um, complete replacement for spring onion. Yeah, what do you do with the flowers? Are they used in the same way as the rest of them? You can do, like, I mean, sometimes I'll just chuck it all into it, like a bolognese or something. If I'm yeah making a bolognese, I'll definitely put the flowers into. Or you can put the flowers on top of a salad. Yeah, Or These look really pretty. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. very pretty. Um, and they are everywhere at the moment. Um, the the pine needles. Um, I would encourage people to try the pine mm. needle tea. Yeah. Um, I think the kawakawa is pretty good at the moment. Um, well, kawakawa is always good, and um, yeah, you've got to be a bit. I mean, kawakawa is is an an indigenous yeah. Um, you know, herb plant. So yeah, with so, quite
0: specific protocol about um, yeah harvesting it. Traditionally as well. Yeah,
1: so you've got to be a bit um, quite respectful around kawakawa. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I mostly take kawakawa only from my own garden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so I'm careful and I know that they're plants that I've looked after. and
0: Yeah. Yeah. Different relationship. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Can I ask so, a really quick question, a really silly one? Um, is there truth in the um myth, urban myth maybe, I don't know. About the way that the there's more holes in the in the Kawakawa leaves that that You know, I do believe there is. I've yeah. heard it enough that yes, if yeah. the leaf is holy, it either means that the the caterpillar or whatever it is that makes the holes <clears throat> has been attracted to that leaf because it's nutritionally good mm. or it's the leaf's healing reaction to being eaten makes it more potent. Those are the two stories I've heard. Yeah, But I've heard it too much from too many people and too many sources to... It's a nice one and it does make sense, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, that brings us to the end of our time. Thanks so much for coming and sharing your enthusiasm and tips on the world of foraging. And you've already inspired me to go and try this pine needle tea, which is, you know hasn't been in my realm before. So thank you very much. Excellent, thank you. And happy spring.